Hello and welcome to a new episode of citiesabc.com series by Dinesh Guarda, with interviews and profiles with global thought leaders, experts and people shaping and creating new narratives for our world, society and business industry. My name is Dinesh Guarda and I'm here to talk about what are the biggest problems we're facing as humanity, the questions and challenges, and how can we think bigger and out of the box. And as well, I'm particularly interested to look at uh, new technologies like Bitcoin, or new solutions, blockchain, and social impact, and as well, how we can we take this to real life, and as well change the, the paradigms and the issues that we have right now. CitiesABC.com is a new wiki for AR intelligent smart cities tech digital platform for reinventing and uniting cities, universities, and all of us citizens. Today I have with me someone that I know for some years and I have a huge respect and as well admiration because of thinking out of the box. I think you're probably one of the best on that, but as well that uh, brings a huge different view in terms of the other side of the world that is Brazil, which is a, a country I deeply love. And as well, Daniel Duarte that uh, has been positioning himself in a lot of different angles as a thought leader, educator of blockchain and crypto, and now a lot in Bitcoin, that created recently a YouTube channel that uh, gathered a fantastic global audience, and especially becoming a very so strong in Brazil, but as well someone that has been focusing on looking at innovation and uh, how to take this innovation to Brazil, and as well investing and creating lifestyle that are out of the box, and out of the problems that we're facing as, uh, as our community and as well societies and countries. Welcome to our podcast and video, Daniel. Thank you, Denise. It's my pleasure to be here. Like the first time I met you was in a blockchain conference, I think four years ago. And how time goes fast, and my friend. Yeah, in four years, a lot have happened in the blockchain industry for sure. So I want to start, Daniel. So I think it's particularly interesting being a Brazilian with a global footprint. And one of the things I want to ask is about your global tour of the world that you did with crypto. But I want to as well start by the basis. I think it's particularly interesting because, for instance, when it, I think especially in the UK or the rest of the world, even as a Portuguese, slightly French and living in the UK for a long time, there's a lot of myths around Brazil. And as well, someone like you that is a cosmopolitan Brazilian in all the sense of the good sense of the world. Can you tell us a bit about your background and uh, about the culture, the, the, the strong nuances of Brazilian culture that sometimes you're not conscious if you're not knowing people from Brazil? Denise, uh, short, short, long history. I, do, I did two majors in two different uh, universities in Brazil. My first word, one was business, like business administration. But this was in the best Brazilian university for that course. And the second one was law. Both of them very generic scientists or something like that. It's very generalistic because... Here in Brazil, since I was young, I, I, I kind of see a lot of institutional, institutional problems because I see a very big country with a lot of intelligent people inside, uh, a lot of potential, but like Brazil don't express his power because we have uh, corruption, our base of our population don't have the education necessary to defend democracy in the bigger sense, and this kind of thing. So I tried to study law to understand the algorithms of the institutions, 
and business administration because it's something generic that you can work like entrepreneurship or you can work in a company, something very generic. And after that, I worked with both for business and law. And in a moment, I started to look to economic, Austrian economic, like Friedman, Hayek, and Menger. Uh, this curiosity, this, this, uh, like this flash of light in my head was because the film Big and Short, like expressing the like how the, the real estate system in the U.S. was totally faked, with like people that work in in jobs like not normal jobs of in stable jobs buying three four apartments to rent and to sold like to sell again flip and i start to look at that and low this is not right like this kind of thing it's strange because after the 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 the, the bubble and all the things the fed the the fed of from america printed like trillions of dollars just right there doing now the same printing more trillions of dollars and in that moment that then wake me like hi kinds don't work anymore like the traditional economic system and all the beautiful numbers that you can put in a spread of excel and this kind of thing don't 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 not for me i'm not a ship you know i'm trying to be contrarian when i see things that don't express their storytelling they try to tell me and really become curiosity to go deep and after start the, the this, this masters like three months later i was talking a lot about bitcoin and that was like the biggest hole and i really enter in the bunny's hole and try to understand this incredible amazing and everyday dynamic system that is crypto and when I say crypto is 98% I'm saying Bitcoin it's about it's very important to say these things more clearly because right now after four four years working in this industry and looking every day and trying to understand at least a little bit of that in this phase Bitcoin is almost everything and I'm every day I'm I'm trying to understand a little bit more and how how Bitcoin can can be used by people like Brazilians, Argentines, maybe Africans, or anyone that don't don't belongs to dollars, euro, or maybe Swiss francs. So th that's my Okay, so I wanna before I go deep into the crypto which I want to go, but I wanna just to pick a bit uh, on your background because you have uh quite privileged background in Brazil. And like you mentioned, Brazil is is, uh, is quite a powerful mini continent. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's a, almost a continent. But as well, is going to be the fifth economy in the world. And there's a lot of uh, velocities and a lot of different things. And as well, like you said, it has a huge, powerful um, elite, but as well, a lot of contradictions. So can you tell a bit about this before we, we dive into the crypto? Because I think it's interesting for someone that doesn't know anything about Brazil, which is most of the people in the world, to look at someone like you and as well the dynamics that you have in Brazil. To understand Brazil, you have to, first of all, look to history. If you read for a book history in Brazil or even in Europe, you're going to read that Brazil has more than 50, 500 years. But it's a lie. 500 years, one or two crazy Portuguese came here in Brazil and made a hoot. 
maybe had uh, two or three engines for females, but that's not a country. Like 100 years later, they started to do farms here, Portuguese, like big farms, like 100 years later, small cities. And so I understand Brazil with a, in a country with 200 years old, because Brazil started when Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte enter, entered in Portugal and all the courts, the king, the queen, and all the bourgeois or the elites entered in two or three ships and came to Brazil. And that started Brazil. Because before that, it's just a 10 or 50, 20, maybe 100 big farms not connected with not a economy or something like that. So this is the first, first point to understand Brazil. It's a very new society, very new, and extremely intermixed. Because in this, before they started Brazil, we started something called like society. It was a mix between Africans, Indians, Portuguese. And this, and this society like Genesis becomes later Brazil. But the first start is like, when you look to London, London have 2000 years. When you look to Lisbon, Lisbon has more than 2,000 years. If you look to Rome and different places in Europe, like you're very old, Brazil is very new. Ah, but America is new too. Okay, but the way that America organized the United States, when I say America, is totally different. It's, it's like Protestant that came from Holland, some English people trying to, to go away from his king. They went there in America and the US to make a country. Portuguese came to Brazil to make farms. Very different. That, saying that, what I can say is like, I have almost 40 years, 30 years, 30 years, 38 years to be precise. And what I saw in my perspective, and this Brazil is getting better, decade by decade. Because we have the DNA from curiosity to entrepreneurship to trying to solve problems because the Brazilian bureaucracy has a lot of problems. So we are all trying to find a way, a path to, to, to become better. So I think Brazil, maybe after COVID and after, because you're gonna see, and we are seeing, but you're gonna see for some time a big dispute and even more than commercial dispute because, be, between America and China. And I think this is going to be a big opportunity for Brazil. So I, I think what I can say to Brazil is that it's a land of opportunity, but it's not an easy land. You have to understand the culture and understand the institutions here. And after that, it's a very good place to, to invest money and a lot of opportunities to, 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 to search here. Yeah, I think it's particularly interesting on that. I want to touch one a bit on that because I think it's um, um, if you look, you, you touch the the sense of history. And for instance, in two thousand by two thousand fifty, most of the studies worldwide say that Brazil will be the fifth economy in the world. Um, most of the studies, actually, most of from World Bank to a lot of other studies. So this is in in around thirty years, and this already actually Brazil is already in terms of uh, GDP is close to six or, or seven economy and it, it, for a while he actually picked already fifth economy. So there's a, a big diagonal and I think it's a pretty interesting coming to crypto because like you said, it's a new economy full of contradictions, 
with a huge population, a huge resources and commodities, but as well a young population as well. So, and I think this is particularly interesting for me, and as well I want to provoke you on that level, is how someone like you that came from this island education with two courses and then went to crypto as well. And I think that it's an interesting point because uh, you are a kind of a, a, a fruit of Brazil, but with an international cosmopolitan background. But as well, you end up looking at solutions that are outside of the, the conventionality. So I want to touch that part. So how did you get into crypto? And you touch a bit, but going more deep on that, especially with the context of Brazil. At the end of the day, the biggest hit, the biggest reason I entered in crypto is because I love to travel. Some people like Rolex or biggest watches, Swiss watches. Other people like speed cars like Porsches, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, and this kind of Moscow cars. And other people want to experience different places. And my love for life is to go abroad, to face contradictions, to face different cultures. And at the end of the point for me to live, this is how I express life or happiness, something like that. So for me, living in a country in Brazil that my money fluctuates a lot between dollars and euros is always a matter of preoccupation. Next year, don't I, do I have money to travel to Europe next year or maybe two years, three years? Because last year my money is three reais, one dollar. Right now it's six reais, one dollar. <laughs> right now, if I want to go to London and buy a water, I'm going to pay like 20 reais, 25 reais. Like, it's amazing. It's very bad. And having this in mind, I try to, to, to understand how to put the money uh, I... I managed to have work in 10 years, how to protect that, how to use that money to be able to travel. Like that was the first beginning of, and sometimes it's difficult for people that receives in British pounds, euros or dollars understand this pain. This pain, any country between excluding America, 20 countries in Europe and Switzerland, maybe Japan, all the others, like 150 other countries, have problems with their own currency. Because our central banks and our politics are not very nice, saying sweetly. So, it's like we human action, like Mrs. wrote about that. Like, my pain is, I have a fear, I have a fear that I won't be able to buy my happiness, my travels. What kind of asset can I invest that won't, uh, that do that leave this? And I looked at like dollars, euros, Swiss franc. But for retail in Brazil, when I buy dollars, I pay more than the market. And when I try to sell the dollars, I receive less than the market. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's conversable. Yes. Has liquidity. Yes. But always paying spreads. So, when you mix this, this, this instant, that this survivor, this, this instant for surviving your currents, mixing with my curiosity, then I can say this is how I understood Bitcoin. Like for third world countries, it's more easy to understand Bitcoin than for you. This is the genesis for me about crypto. 
I understand the power of sound money. You don't because you have pounds. For you, it's normal. Or it used to be normal. No? After Brexit and all this craziness, I don't think pounds is too, ex too strong anymore. It used to be. It's <laughs> a good point. So, so Daniel, that is a very interesting point, and that touches a, a lot uh, uh, the power of Bitcoin in emerging markets that is different from the power of Bitcoin in, in uh, more more kind of stabilizing markets because there's a lot of people, even my experience in Africa, use Bitcoin because it's much more stable than their local currencies, which is what you're talking. And for instance, in Argentina, it's even more. It's becoming in Venezuela and all this stuff. So how do you see the... the so in one end, you are a trader and you're becoming bigger and bigger on that. But you are as well an educator and as well someone with a lot of social and financial and economical goals that you are focused as well on social impact and you've been investing in social impact companies. So how do you see this part of the crypto... And you, you said that you go into crypto as a way of a, creating a, a kind of a, 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 new, a, a, a tool to, mon, to create a stability in terms of the liquidity of money and different parts. But as well, you have as well, I know that uh, at least when I met you, you have a huge, strong sense of social impact for the country. And there's a sense of vocation even to change and make change happen. So how do you see this change, these two parts? In one end, the, the very conventional part of the Bitcoin as a solution for the problems that you have. On the other hand, the trading and the investing part. So, because these two parts are complementary, but very different. It's interesting though, because most of people, 99.9999% of the people, uh, uh, put a stamp of me in me like a trader. And I, I say for every, for the bottom of my heart, I'm not a trader. I bought some in the right time, sold in the right time, bought again in the right time, sold again in the right time, but three or four big moves in my life. It's not my life. I spent not even, I don't know, it's very different to mass rate, but I studied Bitcoin 140 hours a week, almost without sleeping. But I'm not trading. This is not trading. This is understanding. Uh, the asset is different. Like, I try to understand myself. Like, I saw value before everybody. I see tendons sometimes before that everybody. But it's not like, it's not, I use trade to have money, but I'm not a trader. I, I think most of people don't understand trades because if they understood, they won't be like, I'm a day trader, I'm swing trader, because it's not about that. For me, it's about fundamentals. What I really like is to every week read The Economist, Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, all the, all the Brazilian journals, and with this information, make intelligent and decisions. But this is not, for me, it's not trading. Most of people think trading like candles and technical analysis and this kind of thing. But like, but... If 99% of people say that I'm a trader, must be a re reason. The only reason is that made me, made me rich. This is for sure. I bought Bitcoin at the right time. I sold the even better time. And that is the biggest difference between me and most of the people. It's not about buying the right time because it's very easy to buy Bitcoin at the right time. The problem is to sell at the right time. And with that money, yeah, I'm trying to use that bless that God gave him because it's not about money. It's much more about proper purpose. 
And I'm, tr- I'm investing right now in four or five different startups that are trying to use technology to gain uh, productivity and try to become easier to normal people to get engaged, to get more connected, and this kind of thing. So I have one application that make connect service, so for low-income classes and this kind of thing. I have one investment in uh, exchange, but it's not a normal exchange. Exchange uh, derivatives and this kind of thing, something more classy, I would say, like what is the place I play chess. I have another one, another company that do this, this events, used to do now, right now this year won't do any events. And I, I have this YouTube t- channel and I have a company that's trying to help other people to enter in YouTube. We do curator, tutorship, curation, money, this kind of thing. So, like a trader, the only thing is give money to make other things, but it's not my life, and I really don't think I am a trader. I really don't think. So, so picking on that, and I think you touched two parts that are very important, and I completely am with you because I know you for a while, but I think the, the point is that, so there's a part of uh, your, your part that is kind of building a solution in terms of uh, using Bitcoin to create financial freedom and as well to invest in different parts. And you are an investor as well, so you're not just a trader. And then, like I said, you're not even a a conventional trader because you are investing as well. And you have a very focus in creating innovation because you've been behind the project Moeda. You've been behind as well uh, the Knox. I would like to talk about these projects as well. I think it's important to explain about you as well. Moeda is like the most beautiful product I saw in blockchain industry because it connects simple things that works for centuries or at least decades and put in the blockchain. Two things, microcredits and credits. So investors can put money in microcredits, bought projects that have tutorship, credit, and that's amazing. We can in Brazil right now, like, the fees from from the taxes that you receive in T-Bounds are 3%. If you invest in a good project in Moeda, you're going to help poor people to enter in the market and you're going to receive like 10% in a year, three times more than the T-Bills. So I think this product really solves something else with blockchain, that it's connecting not just uh, sound money like Bitcoin, but connecting crypto with microcredit, with production, uh, this is amazing. Like, but I, I really helped it in the beginning. Right now, I, I try to expose the prod, project, try to tell the right people to, to look at it. But like all the, all the glories from Tainar Hayes and all the, the team like Brad, I just helped it in the beginning. Not Bitcoin, I try to work more because it's tried to use options like call, and puts and swaps and this kind of, of more, at least from my point of view, interest products in Bitcoin. Like this is for me like playing chess. And that way I'm a trader, but it's a little bit more complex than just buy and sell. It's a little bit more tricky. And I like that tricky. Uh, and the other projects works with the internet because after all these things you are seeing, internet and all technology and all these kind of things. I think if 
steps that gonna have to we're gonna have to wait five years right now we're gonna have to wait six months so like we have increasing in in speed that it's gonna impact a lot we're gonna wait a little bit more four months six months maybe one year or two but when we look in retrospective we're gonna see how fast things became in after this uh this episode this epidemic so I want to touch uh, one uh, on that level, very important thing. So, so when I met you, and I think in the four years, a lot of things happened, you were actually looking at uh, crypto um, and all the multiple different ICOs and actually projects. You were looking actually, actually at the white papers and all different things. And you were actually at a fantastic diverse portfolio. Now you shift almost all your investment and strategy into Bitcoin. So why did you do that challenge? First, why didn't you cap, for instance, Ethereum and the other cryptocurrencies that are, for instance, if you look at, uh, um, well, there's a couple of them that are still have a lot of value, like Stellar and others. Um, so just, I want to touch that, and then I want to go a bit more hardcore into the crypto and the, the Bitcoin and blockchain. But why did you choose, that? Well, you made that change? It's quite a substantial change. I think the... Only big intelligence that I have is try to change my conviction fast when the facts come in my face. Like what I saw in the second semester of 2017 was something out of the curve. Like I bought the Ethereum from nine dollars. Nine months later was one thousand five hundred dollars each. People lose the sense of purpose and all became very rich very fast. Easy. I can try to explain Kant, Schopenhauer. I can use science rockets to explain that, but it's easy. Easy money. Don't, don't do good things. Too easy. Like the ICO projects and all those things that happened in 2017, was very good for people that sold like me but for the ecosystem for the stakeholders or for the long time purpose investors was bad then bitcoin proved itself one more time by like if you look to ethereum like that right now do you really think vitalik is that much you lost a bit of the trust on the theory. Ah. Okay, no, and, and that, that is, but, but you were as well looking for some weather was one of these ICOs that actually did fantastic work. And you were and as well. Moeda's with Stellar. Moeda's with Stellar. It's not with Ethereum. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. No, I understand. So there's a couple of steel projects, but you've been focused as a trader on that. So so you are as well behind the, the Nox uh, platform over there in Brazil and a couple of other investments. Do you want to talk a bit about that and a bit of the, the landscape that you've been working and collaborating with fintech and, and crypto, crypto innovators and blockchain as well? Uh, like the Bitcoin has so many opportunities in a world that like, Switzerland, Switzerland T-bound or maybe German T-bound going to pay zero or one point negative. And you have products with Bitcoin that, that you can lock maybe 1% each month. It's like magic, don't you think, Denise? And the thing is, if I say to you, oh, everybody, send me money. I'm going to lock you 1%. I can't do that. 
but most for sure gonna just stole your money. That's the beauty. When I look at these projects and understand that if I teach well, and if people it starts to have power, empower yourself in the financial system, I'm going. I'm doing a really nice thing for Brazilians. I don't want to lock your money and receive one percent for you. I want you to do that for you. Very interesting. So, so and this community that you've been building around first your WhatsApp group and then the the, the YouTube channel, which is becoming quite an influential, and you have very uh, powerful minds and and as well entrepreneurs from Brazil. So your goal there is is. Can you tell a bit about that? And then I want to talk to other things related. I would say that the first group and even the YouTube is just like about fulfilling like a, a dream. In Brazil, if you want to be a teacher, a professor, uh, you won't receive much. You're going to receive like $1,000. If you're a very good one, $2,000. So I, I study things that pay better. But after I receive money, And right now that I have some knowledge that most anyone knows because I understood and I learned by practice. I understood and learned by entering in a lot of Bitcoin forums and tweeters and reddits. I spent a lot of hours looking to this computer, reading, reading, reading this knowledge in an easier way for more people. And this is purpose for me. Like when I do a, and I start a live and 100 people Uh, or listen to me it's like two two classes two 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 classes of my university full so i think my ego uh, really gets well when i do this kind of thing so that's it like it's trying to express my knowledge and giving something else for everybody And, and in terms of uh, this community, and I think uh, I've been, well, I, I, I'm a user and I, I follow yours, so legal disclaimer. I like your stuff and I, I've been quite excited that because there's a lot of dynamics and, and as well a component of change and life change. And you said that you are as well preparing your book on that level. So um, how would you say, and, then, and I want to touch, let, let's start probably by that. So you've been traveling around the world. Um, and using mostly Bitcoin and different things. So tell us about that experience. I think that is interesting to look at your lifestyle and the lifestyle you're trying to push and educate people. I think when you're in the edge of technology, in the edge of innovation, and in the edge of a new money, money, money system, you have to go outside and look for everything. Like, not everything, but you have to look for how people are working with that. So last year, I, I took the year to the sabbatic and I tried to go each country I had a dream that I never went to. Like last year, I went to 35 countries. I made all the continents. I did two round-over trips, one for each side. And I tried to each of these countries, uh, look to ATMs, Bitcoin ATMs, trying to go to a meetups, trying to enter in a bar that accepted Bitcoin to understand how each of these communities are working with it. It was amazing. That's for two reasons. First of all, to, work, to do two round the world trips, to stay more than 40 days only in Switzerland, to stay 100 days in Europe, one year before the COVID and all this chaos, how much this value? 
I'm one of the people that more knows about the world right now because I went there. It's very easy to talk about the world just sitting in your sofa reading The Economist. Taking a plane and going to 35 of the most important countries in the world to look for some, only one thing, Bitcoin, in each of these countries, I would say I'm one of the most, most experts in ecosystem right now. Because I'm not reading the book. I have the book. I have the Bitcoin standards. I'm writing my book. But the thing is, one thing is to think. Other is to see people interacting with the object of your thinking. This is a great breakthrough for me. And it's very important to always understand that the power of the Bitcoin. So, so from your experience with these countries, uh, what was the, the part that you would say that the countries that are more prepared and as well probably looking at the more developing countries and others uh, that have more experience using Bitcoin for different purposes? What was kind of some of the, probably the summaries oh. that you pick out of that? Oh, in, in Asia, three for three different reasons. Japan, because it's one of the first countries in the world that really understood Bitcoin. Singapore, because it's the epicenter of all the ICOs, the STOs, and the, all the more complex and structured finance systems working with blockchain. And Hong Kong, that is the gateway for the financial system of China. So these three, three cities, they are very important in the Asia. In Oceania, you can say Sydney or Melbourne, they are very important because they have a lot of Asian people. And how do you think Chinese people receive money in Australia? Bitcoin. In Europe, I have two perspectives. One is the epicent two epicenters, of course, uh, Zurich and London. But the, the country love Bitcoin is all the Eastern countries like Czech Republic, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria, and all the countries that don't have Euro, Poland. And of course, you have America that created Bitcoin. So if you put just these countries, it's more than enough for the numbers in Bitcoins in circulations for all the time. And do you think, uh, so at the moment, there's one part and going a bit more into Bitcoin and trading. There's still a huge part of Bitcoin is controlled by a couple of whales and a couple of people that have the capacity to push the price up and down. What's your view on that? It's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Like the price is going to go up. This way it's going to sell. It's going to be more decentralized. And less volatility. But I don't know. Five years, ten years, twenty years. I don't know. I don't know that when we're going to be this uh, this rate of price that's going to make less volatility <coughs> and take out. Uh, this waves of the market. I don't know. Maybe going to change. Instead of being some crazy hackers, some cypherpunks, in a nutshell, going to be big banks like JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, UBS, Credit Suisse. I don't know. It's a matter of time. I completely. So, so coming back to your uh, education and some of the things you've been doing, because you are, in one end, uh, you are becoming a trader educator and as well, uh, more and more into building this community. A Bitcoin educator. I don't teach yeah, people to trade. I teach people to hold, to hold every month, to buy a little bit, every month, every month, staying, stacking sets, stacking sets. That is wise. 
So tell us about that, that strategy. <laughs> I think that's interesting. Today, most brilliant and very easy. Every month you expand 10, 10 gyms. You're going you're gonna to a bar and drink 10 drinks. This month, drink just five drinks. Take the other five drinks and buy Bitcoin, Satoshis. Do this for one year, you're going to be healthier and richer. So it's a very simple strategy of having savings, keep it holding, and eventually sell when there's a peak. That's kind beauty, of a, the simplicity is the beautiness. But you've been as well involved with a couple of platforms related with, uh, um, especially related with the uh, with the uh, more professional trading ecosystems over there in Brazil. So can you tell us a bit about that? Because I think that's interesting for the international audience that doesn't know so much about Brazil trading. I have my secret, but I can say like in the Bitcoin in our company, we work with uh, close hands to, to use algorithms and bots to, to make the Brazilian price fair with the rest of the price, the Bitcoin price world. So we are trying always to, to become less, uh, with less spread. It's funny and profitable. The questions that I want to, I want to, I'm particularly interested yeah. from a geopolitical perspective and as well in the platform about cities and countries. Um, definitely Latin America as a particular uh, requirements and needs to use crypto in a different way from the rest of the world. So from your experience with Latin America, and of course being there, um, how do you see the usage of crypto, especially Bitcoin, especially in Argentina, Uruguay, Venezuela, and other countries? And how do you see that devolution? Because it's becoming right now a utility over there. I would say it's freedom. The Bitcoin is freedom because it's the only money that it can get away from our central bank. Here in Brazil, if I try to buy something in America and in Europe with my credit card, I pay 6.5% tax and I pay more because I have to pay the exchange rate from Visa or MasterCard. And right now in Argentina, it's even worse. They are facing big, big problems in the economy. And his exchange rate from Argentine pesos has five or six different measures. So for people like us that live in countries with not very stable or structured central banks or at least are made on value too much, it's freedom. Bitcoin and crypto and all this decentralized world at, at the end of the day is freedom. Okay, so last question and uh, thank you so much for fantastic insights and as well thinking out of the box. So. How's, how do you see Bitcoin for Latin America? I know that there's an utilitarian way of using Bitcoin that is different from the rest of the world and as well a, a need. So you touched part of that, but I would like to go for people that don't understand anything about this and we have a lot of different audiences. How do you see that part and as well the implications? I can say a little history of my life. When I uh, was 10 years old, my there was he was doing a, pro, a prostate cancer treatment because he was with cancer and that time the government brazilian government just froze all the money in the banks from brazilians so my grandfather had like half 
Oh my god, Robin. It's in peso. You understand Bitcoin. When you look to Venezuela and see people fighting for having food and using Bitcoin because it's the only option, you understand Bitcoin. Summarizing, if you don't live in a country that uh, that has dollars, euros. We didn't touch STOs and a lot of stuff. We'll talk next time. Thank you so much. Thank you very much yes. for having me. Bye-bye. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs>